Hey, everybody. Welcome to the NFL Road Show with a guest today that I am super excited about. I'm a huge, huge fan of Akib Talib. We worked with a little bit at NFL Network. He came through as a guest announcer quite a bit when he was based in Los Angeles with the Rams. He was just cool, nice. Obviously, I was a fan of his play in his 12 years in the league. In fact, when he was a player in the league, before I even met him, I decided and told a number of people, I think I even said it on air, if I ever get a dog, which I won't because the little humans I have in my life are enough responsibility for me, but also don't hate me. I'm not really a dog person. But if that ever changed, I've said, I would name my dog Akib Talib because I just think it's badass. <laughs> and I hope that's not disrespectful. I really mean it as a compliment, like how Taylor Swift named her cats after TV characters that she liked, Meredith Grey and Olivia Benson. My version of that would be Akib Talib. So that's where I was in my head when I met him, right? Big fan, love his style, but I didn't know how he'd be in real life. You know, he's got that on-field persona. Would he be like that off the field? Would he be intimidating? He could not have been cooler. Just like totally confidently open to all sorts of different people, uh, myself included. You know, I walk in there with all my football opinions and I think sometimes people are like, "Mm, who is this girl telling me what she thinks about this thing I do professionally? Anyway, um, you know, not everybody's totally open to that when they come through. Sometimes there's a little bluster and you got to work your way in. Nakeeb just exudes like a super calm, cool openness, which is kind of, that's, that, that is real confidence, right? Like the kind where you don't feel like you have to put up any fronts. I find that so appealing that he is so himself. And I fucking love that he's different from other broadcasters. And we talk about this a little bit in our conversation, the difference in reaction to him as a game broadcaster. Personally, I do not want him to be quote-unquote polished. I think the thing I like about him is that he's not. And when he talks, it feels real and it feels like a voice and a perspective that we don't hear everywhere. And I want that. I want to hear people talking the way they actually talk. And God knows he brings a welcome perspective to the table from a football standpoint in terms of what he sees on tape, how he sees the game, in terms of cornerback play. Obviously, we'll talk a lot about that in our conversation. He's got a favorite in the draft, but he doesn't have that favorite coming off the board first for reasons that he will explain. But also wide receivers and quarterbacks. He's got an interesting take on Mac Jones. So anyway, let's get to it. Akeem Tlaib, it's time to break the huddle. Akeem, how's the offseason treating you? It's good. I'm I'm actually enjoying it, trying to stay busy, you know. I'm, I'm dad of the year, trying to be dad <laughs> of the year. Taxiing kids around all evening, but I'm enjoying it. I feel like we all feel like we're dad and mom of the year this past right. year. Like that award should just be a group award in 2020. Yeah, they got yeah, they got to give it to everybody, right? We all we all went hard during the pandemic and everything, so we all deserve it. So I think a lot of us are kind of deep in the weeds in draft stuff this time of year. Do you get into that? The scouting, the projecting, all that? Yeah, I have to now, Lindsay. So, I mean, uh, I'm calling the draft live with Bleacher Report. You are? So, yeah. So I'm like, you know, the, the NFL expert on the draft, so... I've been studying. I've been studying and looking at team needs and checking out some of the players. I definitely got that started. 
So are you primarily like first round focused? Are you focused on the cornerbacks? Are you expected to touch all of the bases when they, you know, pick a wide receiver or a quarterback? They're going to come to you for a reaction. How's this going to work? Yeah, I, I'm more, I'm more, how does God going to help the team or was that a good pick for the team? I'm more the NFL side of it. Got it. But I'm still, I still know the guys though. So I'm studying maybe like first and second round guys. I'm probably through there right now. Okay. Halfway through the second round guys, really the first round guys, I got them locked in. My guess is that uh, the cornerbacks in particular, some of these defensive guys kind of pop off the page at you, your area of expertise. Definitely. Do you have a favorite? Uh, I like J.C. Horn. I like, I like, I like the kids. I like the ex, the ex-NFL player kids. They all got that, let me see. Like they got it figured out, right? So Pat Sertain Jr., uh, J.C. Horn, and uh, Sante Samuel Jr., right? Just the way they all, the way those three guys play is just different to me. It's like, it reminds me of how 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 I want my kids to be. It reminds me of a kid who's been hearing the same thing since he was seven years old from a real pro. You know, they just know how to work. Their bodies look good. They make play after play in the game. So definitely, definitely. I like, those are my favorite three corners right there. What do you think is different that someone like yourself, someone who has played in the NFL, about the way that you would talk about playing the position to your kid. Well, I own a gym here in uh in Dallas, Lindsay. So I, I train some cornerbacks here too, right? So I get kids, not only my own, but other little kids. And they just have no idea how to play. Like you see some cornerbacks, they cocked inside and they taking away the inside, take away the inside. And y'all cocked that far inside when What's going to get you fired first, Lindsay? Somebody catching a slant on me or somebody catching a fade on me? Uh, the fade, right? I'm going to be yeah. on the, if somebody catch two deep balls on me and score two touchdowns, I'm going to be on the bench. You know what I'm saying? If somebody catch two slants on me and I tackle them, my coach is going to be looking for some coverages to mix in so I could jump something. Yeah. So I don't really just perspectives like that. We I feel like we give them the real professional perspective of the game and they grow up through that opposed to some of these other kids Y'all 17 and I'm telling you to play man coverage and you cock all the way to the inside and you inviting me to run a fade. Like you just learned from a gym teacher. You know what I'm saying? So that I feel like that knowledge is the difference uh, from the NFL kids. Okay. So let's go through a few of them that are expected to go in the first round. Um, one at a time. Tell me, tell me what you like about them. Cause you know, they have some different strengths and weaknesses. You started with mm-hmm. horn. What mm-hmm. do you like most about horn? Uh, just, his confidence, man. He feel like he the best guy on the field. He feel like he the best corner in the draft. Uh, he got great size. And like I said, it just looked like he know the game. You know what I'm saying? He grew up. He, his dad was a former NFL guy. So yeah. he just looked like he know the game, man. So with him, it's definitely it's definitely confidence, second to none. Uh, when he gets drafted, should he pull out a cell phone and do like a celebration? He got to do that, right? <laughs> that got to be one of his... First pick six, he got to have that on deck. He got to bring that phone in every game <laughs> until he get that first pick six. He got to run that back. <laughs> what about uh, Patrick Sertan? Patrick Sertan, he he probably bigger than J.C. Horn, right? He probably bigger than me. And he can move. He can run. He can move. He's so athletic at that size. Uh, that's what I really like about him, man. And then, you know, he played against the top, top competition, man, over there at Alabama. So he saw all the first-round receivers from this year and last year. He done seen all of them. And I just love his his size going to really translate to this game because 
that's what it's turning to. DK Metcalf, AJ Brown type of receivers. So you got to be big and be able to run with those guys. So I think uh, his size and how well he can move at that size is what I really like about him. How important is it when you're drafting a cornerback in the first round, let's say, because in the later rounds, it's a little bit different. But if you're going and using your first round draft pick on a cornerback, how important is it that that cornerback checks a lot of bases, that that cornerback can cover the number one wide receiver and maybe travel and that kind of stuff, as opposed to being scheme specific or, you know, maybe Nick or that kind of thing? Well, I say if, if you draft in a corner in the first round, uh, some positions not expected to play, right? But usually if you draft a corner in the first round, them guys expected to play. So they got to come in ready. I mean, you just have to come in ready to go because it's, it's not one of them positions where you kind of learn, sit on them bench and learn from somebody and we mold them. First round quarter, corners don't really go through that, man. They got to come in and be ready to play. So that's super important. What about Asante Samuel Jr.? Uh, a playmaker, man. He just he like his dad to me, man. You see him forcing fumbles, uh, recovering a few fumbles, he getting interceptions, pass breakups, and then his his down foot, his downhill break. You know, his dad had eight or nine or whatever, how many interceptions to the crib? All of them is breaking on hitches, breaking downhill, right? Nothing like deep balls, and then you got to pick, then you got to you know weave your way through some traffic and score. But Asante Samuel Jr., his son. His downhill break is just like his dad's. It's second to none. And I see him making a lot of plays with the, with that break right there uh, once he gets to the lead. Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern. He's fast. Mm -hmm. Fast, fast. Good size, too. Uh, and a bunch of pass breakups. Man, he just – I think he's probably going to be one of the best man coverage. He's nimble. You know what I'm saying? Not too big. He, he's super athletic. Fast guy. I think out of all of them, he's going to be one of the best. A man-to-man -man coverage team will probably come get him. Because uh, he's sticky, man. He's a real sticky guy. Last one I'm going to ask about specifically is Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley. I like Caleb Farley. Uh, playmaking ability. Playmaking ability. Uh, and how smooth he is. He's super smooth to me. So, I don't know. He he almost my favorite one. I I, I think I think the, the the NFL kids, I think they, they almost get it a little bit more than the other guys. But... He just, I feel like he might have the best ceiling, man. He going to get a lot better. And I could just see him fitting into a a nice man, cover three slash system. And and he's just so smooth. He's going to make a lot of plays. Wait, I lied. I'm going to ask about one more. Tyson Campbell from Georgia. Tyson Campbell from Georgia. Uh, I, I don't think I got to Tyson Campbell like that. I ain't broke down his film. I okay. really, I really, my top five is those five guys. Yeah. So I really got on there. But Tyson Campbell, he coming up. Are there any of those five that everyone seems to agree are kind of probably like your first round guys. They're going in the first round in a lot of mock drafts. Um, are there any that you turn on the tape and you have question marks? You're not totally sure yet. Uh, no, nah, I think these guys, man, it's a, it's a unique class and cornerback class in my opinion, man. Like I said, these guys, they know football. Cornerback is about coming in and knowing the game, knowing angles. I know routes. I know releases. Uh, I know about three steps and five steps, like just about knowing football. And this class is super unique, man, because these guys been hearing it. I, I can only imagine how long they've been hearing it. So they play smart. All of them play smart, man. So I'm excited about this class. Is there any through line in terms of what you're looking for when you're watching tape of a corner? 
like something that they absolutely have to have in order right. to impress you? Or is it different for everybody? They just pop for different reasons. Well, for me, I'm going to say plays, man. You got to make plays. If I'm watching, if I'm watching Alabama play Clemson, I know they're going to throw, throw the ball 30 times. How many plays, Pastor? How many plays he involved in, right? I want to see if the quarterback is staying away from his side, how much the other team respects you from what you did on tape. So I always look at stuff like that. And and if I see that, that impressed me. So you are looking at team needs in your role for Bleacher Report for the draft. Mm-hmm. In your estimation, which are the teams that you think have to go cornerback in the first round? Are there anywhere you're like, like the Cowboys, for instance, at yeah. 10? I think that's probably Definitely. a spot where we can expect the first cornerback to come off the board unless the Panthers decide to go corner at eight, which is also a possibility. Um, are, are you isolating some teams where you have like cornerback circled there? I got uh, I got the Cowboys getting a corner. Uh Sertain, I think the Cowboys going first. They're going to get uh, young Sertain off the board now, at 10. Now, why why him instead of Horn? Since you seemed to like Horn the most, mm-hmm. why why would Sertain be a fit for the Cowboys? I don't know. Especially? I just think Jerry, I think Jerry, he he liked that Alabama bloodline, man. He know you you fit the description. You've been to, to real battles if you've been in, in that Alabama locker room and let alone being a starter for years. So he just know that you, you know, You've been through it already. So I feel like out of, out of all of them, who could come in and play right now, who the most war ready right now, I'll say Sertan. And that's why I think he's going to go first. Just because that Alabama, that SEC, you played in big time games and, you know, that just that playing against that level of competition. But nice. uh, I got, I got, I got, uh, let me see. I got uh, the Cardinals. The Cardinals, I, I got JC Horn 15 to the Cardinals. Okay. So. I think uh, they definitely need a corner. You lose Pat P, you got to replace him. I mean, an organization you used to having a guy like Pat P all those years, it's just going to feel different not having a lockdown 6'1", 200-pound corner out there, right? So you got to try to replace him. And I think J.C. Horn, he'll hop in and he's ready to make some plays immediately. So you skip the Eagles and the Chargers, not necessarily yeah. circ- circling cornerback I- there. Yeah, I think I don't know just because I think I, I I think the the Eagles I think the Chargers may still focus on their O line. Yeah, and then uh, I think the Eagles might we got to get it we got to get we got to get a weapon right we got to get a weapon for her. So I don't know I think they might go speed go Waddle or something like that if he there. But wouldn't that I be got funny them- after going Jalen Rager and then having Jalen Hurts be their quarterback drafting Jalen Waddle? Yeah, I I don't know I just. I kind of see their motto, you know, and they got to get it. They got to get him a, a a real, real big time weapon who who he can utilize, man. So give I don't him a know, chance I to see succeed, it. right? Yeah, especially yeah, since this need... is clearly going to be that year where we're going to like just go, hey, you know, okay, him, and if right? not, so... we can uh, draft a quarterback next year. Exactly. So you're going to judge him. So give him some weapons, man. Give him some weapons. Of course, they need they need corners too, but uh, I think they'll be in the second round. They'll grab them a corner in the second round. What about the Saints? Yeah, the Saints. It's it's they need a, a lot. Cornerback, yeah. The, a, we almost could go through every team at this point, Lindsay. Yeah. You almost need three corners, right? You almost need a slot guy too, right? So we almost could go through every team. It's not too many CB ones out there who really just strapping everything left and right, and they could take away your number one guy. It's not too many of them out there. So 
almost almost every team can draft a corner in my in my opinion. But in this first round, guys who really really need them, I, I, I think the Cardinals, I think the Cowboys, and the Eagles, they definitely need a corner as well. But yeah. I think they're going to look to offense in, the, in early. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, I I and to your point, I wrote down eighteen teams that I think right. You know, uh, almost and it's all way, of way them. more than every other position. Like right. You think that's just because you need so many cornerbacks that can rotate in? I mean, it's because these quarterbacks are almost getting too good to play just all zone all game, right? The quarterbacks starting to be able to – they starting to figure it out. They starting to tear teams up who play zone all the time. So you got to have guys who can match up and play man and blitz a little bit. So with this spread NFL we got right now, corner is becoming a necessity. How – how much do you think you can bank on a cornerback in the draft? Like, it feels like there are some positions, everything is a risk, right? Like, nothing right. is a guarantee in the draft. Um, it, it feels like I started to look back at some old drafts to kind of try and figure out mm-hmm. um, how much you could and count it, on them. And, I and started it's like with 50, your draft. 50 right? Well, but it's funny because I started at 2008 and I was like, man, these first, okay, okay. They, you know, we they had pretty some well. Home. And then 2009 and then 2010. And then as I kept going, I was like, oh, yeah, that started draft to drop didn't work. Off, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Didn't drop work. Off. Yeah, I think so, it go like that though. I think like some years you'll hit on a lot of them, and then some years you you'll fall off at that position, and they kind of not become a hot commodity anymore. Then you know, guys like Sertan and Horn and all these big name guys come on, and then you know the cornerback is back a hot commodity. So I just think it kind of it kind of goes up and down. It's just like every other position, man. I think the whole draft, free agency, and trades, any way you can acquire new players. All 50-50. Teams are probably exactly 50-50. They probably hit on half of them and strike out on half of them. You've been on a lot of teams, played with a ton of different cornerbacks. How quickly do you know? Like when they get out on the field, you know, um, in practices and you're checking them out for the first time, like this guy has it, this guy doesn't have it. Uh, I mean, you know, you know how, how talented they are immediately, but if they have it, I give them give them a whole offseason. Give them the OTAs, all those practices against the offense, and then you will see the guys who really have it. You will see them start off because all of we all come to the league, and it's like even the practice squad receivers are like, I can remember Lindsey. I'm calling my brother like, bro, whatever whatever his name was. I'm saying his name like, bro. I don't know how he on practice squad. He's so good, bro. I'm like really? he killing me every play. Like so, even the practice squad receivers look like Cal. Alvin Johnson's when you first get to the league, but the good ones who have it, they adjust and they adjust. And by the time training camp come, they, they talking again, you know, they talking a little noise again. They kind of getting it figured out. So I give them the whole OTAs, April, May, June. And then by July, by training camp, if you got it, I'll know by then. Does it take longer for a cornerback to kind of figure out what's going on or? Nah, you really just got to adjust to the speed of the game, adjust to, to your playbook. Some some coordinators have a lot of change in plays. If he move, we change to this. If he move, we change to this. Some coordinators just, if he move, we play our same shit. So you just got to adjust to to learning on the fly, learning new plays, because it's going to be different in college and the speed of the game. And once you adjust to that, your, your playmaking ability yourself going to come out. Wide receivers pop at you too when you're scouting for this draft stuff. I mean, I, I you've seen a lot of wide receiver tape in your years. Yeah. And I and I honestly think Lindsay, this is one of them Julio and AJ kind of drafts because Devontae Parker and Jamar Chase, 
them two guys is different, Lindsay. I ain't seen a lot of these guys coming out. Devontae them Smith. Them two guys. I mean, I mean Devontae Smith. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. But uh, them two guys is 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 different. They immediately immediately gonna step in and gonna produce day one. Both. Devontae Smith's size doesn't scare you. No, because I mean, he plays so strong. You don't see him just getting beat up at the line of scrimmage, or you don't see nothing. In the game, you watch the game field, you don't see nothing that says, oh, he's too weak, right? Like So, I mean, he going up for jump balls. He, he looked like he weighed 250 pounds, in my opinion. So, nah, the weight good. It's just making him fly. When you're watching wide receiver tape, are you thinking of ways that you would attack them, try and slow them down? And if it's Not more really. complicated in your mind, then that's a better wide receiver? I'm kind of doing the same thing. When I'm watching wide receiver tape, I'm kind of – I'm kind of watching them make plays. Like, how many plays they make on phase? Like, because Lindsey, usually phase drop like 30 to 40 yards, right? Maybe at 45, a little bit longer. But some receivers, it's like when the ball in the air, I'm looking at it. I, at one point, it's for like, I can get it. Or is at one point, it's like, ah, I can't get it, right? Some receivers got an extra one, two, uh, and they can go get them phase that the DB really can't get to. So you see the DB looking? He always look back to the receiver and try to just break it up, right? Because he's like, I can't get there. Some receivers, they don't have that last one, two steps. Some of them got that extra one, two, and go get them fades. And both of them boys got, they both of them got that by far. So I look at stuff like that, man. I mean, how, how do they make plays? How are they making their catches? Are they running wide open? Is it the offense? Or are they really creating this separation? And both of them boys are really creating separation. Last year's wide receiver class was pretty spectacular mm -hmm. when you look at this year's class how do you compare the two man similar similar uh the wide house is definitely getting real they're getting realer and realer lens they're getting bigger and faster and this this the class would be equal if not better than last year in my opinion you think so top to bottom so who was the best out of last year jeffrey's um, I mean, yeah, Jefferson, I would say I mean, it right yeah, in, Jefferson. in Minnesota. I think he probably had the best year. I don't right. know how much of that has to do with like, also sometimes you go to a situation where you're used a certain way or they need you more. Right. And so you're, you know, but the stuff he was doing, it, it ain't matter. It ain't matter where he went. He was going to do that. Yeah. That's how I feel about Jamar Chase and, and, and Devontae Parker. I mean, uh, Devontae Smith. Oh, yeah, Devontae. So uh, I, know, I feel like both of them is immediately going to get in and they're going to make their team better because they because they can make their own plays downfield, kind of like kind of like uh, Jefferson did. But like, so yes, he would have been amazing anywhere, potentially. But if you go to a team where there's quarterback, I guess like I'm thinking of Jalen Rager, for instance, right? As a guy yeah. who went early in the draft last year. And then went to a team that the offense was just kind of a mess, you know? Like, it, it just wasn't – It was nothing was working there in Philadelphia. Did you see stuff from him that told you, like, that might not have been the best pick? Or are you still waiting to see what he can do in a good offense with, a you know, a quarterback where things are clicking a little bit better? I mean, we waiting, but – Man, when guys got it, Lindsey, it you just – You know it. It, it, it translates – the it is not just on the field. It it makes the quarterback feel like I could just throw his ass the ball, huh? I mean, they 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 breed that confidence throughout the whole team. So 
if you got it, it's going to come out and that offense is going to be good. Okay, so we should know by now. Man, we should know by now. Okay, what about what about uh, the quarterbacks in this year's draft? Because this has been uh, just crazy, right? All of the talk at the top. And it feels right. like everybody thinks that Trevor Lawrence is one and Zach Wilson is two and then at three – yeah. There is I agree with one big and two. cluster. You agree with one and two? I agree with one and two. And at three, I think the third best quarterback is Justin Fields, right? Yeah. But I think San Fran, I don't think they, they feel like they need a, a, a running athletic quarterback like that in this style of offense. Because I mean, if, if we break down that tape, most of Jimmy G throws uh, is, is him just sitting in the pocket, play action, boop, post up, make his throw, right? So... He scrambled a little bit when he need to, but I feel like if anybody else picked three, I would say Justin Fields. But since the Niners picked three, I think they really focused on this accuracy, man. They want a guy who don't miss no throws, who can hit my receivers on a run and they don't break no stride. I need I need my catch and run, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittles. I need y'all to mustard. I need y'all to be able to catch the ball, don't break stride, and go score, right? So that takes a super accurate quarterback. Here's my thought, though. The fact that they traded up, they gave up so much to get to three. Mm-hmm. Do you do that if it's just a guy who can accurately get the ball to your receivers but doesn't really flash in any other areas? Like, to, to me, that just feels like I, I'm holding out hope, I guess, that Kyle Shanahan is creative enough to see mm-hmm. where the quarterback position is going in the NFL like, why wouldn't you want movement? Why wouldn't you want to add a quarterback who can also make those throws, but then also create in certain right. situations? I don't know why you wouldn't want that at this point. Why you'd be like, you know what? I'd like a guy who stands back there in the pocket and just can get it to the guys. Even though because that's what the offense guy, has been in the past. Right, because you had a guy who could stand there in the pocket for the last couple of years, who can make all the throws, and you've been successful with that. And the only time you haven't been successful is the one throw that he didn't make. That's just Super Bowl overthrow right there. Now, if he make that throw, they probably win a Super Bowl, right? So if, I, if I'm if i San Fran, I'm not thinking about, oh, now I need a mobile guy. I need the same guy who could just make this one damn throw when it count. And maybe they feel like, I don't know if they feel like Jimmy G is get tight in those situations. They want somebody who can, who been there before, who played in many big games, who who played in college football and threw 40 to He showed, I played on this stage, I played with guys like Waddle who catch and run and I throw it to him and they don't break stride. Guys like Devontae Smith, when I throw it to him, he don't break stride. So I don't know. I think, I think, I think just his path and what he been through and how he throw the football is what San Fran really like. I just so but with Jimmy G, even the year that they went to the Super Bowl, it worked. And don't get mad at me, I know he was your teammate too, but I f- I felt this way sort of a little bit about Jared Goff too. That, like, you can make it work with certain quarterbacks, but then mm-hmm. there isn't that element, like, you're not winning because of them. Right. You're, you're, they are also on the team. And they're able right. to do it enough that they're not going to hold you back necessarily until they do in some cases. But you can get where you want to go with them, but it's not because of them. They're not, like, they're not that added layer. They're not the thing right. that you're, you're trying to be creative around. You're just like, right. do the thing that I'm telling you to do. And if you can do it adequately, then you're adequate. But even that year that they went to the Super Bowl, there was conversation about whether Jimmy G was like the weak link 
why wouldn't you want to upgrade what you saw as a weak link on a very talented roster by adding somebody who can, you know, add this extra dimension? I I feel I feel all that, Lindsay, but what did the Rams do? They went from Jared Goff. Did they go to a super athletic quarterback or did they go to somebody who they think is sling this motherfucker? Like a yeah. little bit better than Jared. Who can sling it right. to these wide open? Because this offense creates wide open runners, right? You know, that's my extra time. I'm creating all, all Mahomes and Lamar and Deshaun. All them guys do is they create extra seconds with their legs. With my run game and how good we run the football and all my ghost motions and stuff, I create an extra second. So we already doing that. So I think it's in this offense, I think it's kind of more important to be accurate than it is to be able to get out of some mess. You know so what I'm saying? Here's where I go to in my head, right? So I covered USC in college before I shifted to the NFL. So I was around that Matt Liner, uh, Reggie Bush, like those teams, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, coming from where I sat there, I was like, Matt Liner, for sure. Like, absolutely take him. And now when I hear all this talk about Mac Jones, I kind of, I think in my head, Matt Leinart. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Mac Jones, they're totally different people, right? Like it's not necessarily a fair comparison, but the right. situation might be a fair comparison. So you're talking about how Mac Jones had all this talent around him and you don't really know what he can do. How much is he actually bringing to the table and not just doing his specific job, you know, and, and not ruining everything at the quarterback position. Um, I, I, I wonder if, potentially a Matt Leiner type of NFL career might be in store for a quarterback like that, that a lot of people are turning on his tape and saying, I don't get it. You know, I'm not seeing right. it. That's what but concerns well, me. Well, and I'm not a scout. Th- I'm not an evaluator. Right. I'm not watching And the I don't tape understand myself. that, Lindsay, because when I turn on Alabama tape, every game I see, they got 50. <laughs> so yeah. all I'm seeing is him throw accurate footballs, downfield slants, drag routes, Guys not breaking stride, making catches on the run. And that's what it's about to me, man. I can't do nothing about the competition I'm playing. I can't do nothing if they're not getting a pass rush. I'm just doing what the coach asked me to do. And that's run trips left, all go. If they're in too high, throw it in the middle. If they're in single high, throw it outside. That's all I want you to do. I don't, I'm not worried about you, me calling that same play, and you see too high, and then now you rolling out the pocket and throwing back across your body. I don't really want that shit, me personally. I want you to just do exactly what Tom Brady did in the chip. (laughs) Take what they give you, create an admit, be patient in the pocket. I don't need you to go nowhere. Make throws from this pocket, right? So I don't know. I like all the running quarterbacks. I like the athletic stuff, Lindsey, but what have they won? I mean, I'm trying Patrick in the Mahomes business. Mahomes was pretty good. Well, yeah, yeah. Patrick, but now nah, nah, he kind of a mix, though. He's like the yes. in between. I'm kind of stuck in his pocket. Don't they all kind of need to be a mix at this point? Like, you can't just yeah. be a running quarterback. You have to be able to throw the ball. Got to be able to throw the ball. That's what I'm saying. Now, all running and stuff is is extra to me. That, that, that creates us an extra second. That's an added dimension. But at the end of the day, I want my quarterback to have a, a win ability. I want you to know how to win games. I want you to be able to throw the football and I want you to not lose games for me. Don't do stupid stuff that make us lose games. And Mac Jones got that. I I think he might be gone at number three. So it sounds like you like him. I like Matt Jones. I like him for that offense. I like him for San Fran. Any other team, if Denver was picking number three, I said they got to get Justin Fields. They need a guy with all them receivers. They need a guy who could create the extra second. Be special, move around a little bit, and get the ball downfield. But with that offense, it's so potent. It's ran so well. 
Aaron Rodgers run that offense. Now we got Matt Stafford in that offense. Uh, now we got what Andy Dalton in that offense. Yeah. And now we probably going to have Matt Jones. Like, look, those are not that show you right there. The person who created that offense. They saying, I don't really need those kind of guys to run it. Cause look at the guys who are running that offense right now. They, they, they're not really mobile guys like that. Yeah. I mean, Aaron's kind of mobile. Yeah, but when he needs to be. He's not like, that's yeah, not his he's not calling like the shine, card, yeah, he can. Exactly. He can get out. He can move around, scramble for a first down when he needs to. If you were a quarterback in this year's draft, I know everybody gets really caught up on going number one. You want to maximize your dollars, that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm kind of at a point where, like, it's probably smarter in the long term if you fall a little bit, you go to the best situation, you put yourself right. in a position where you can have success and then you get that next contract, right? Like right. Th- the bad thing about going number one is that you're going to the worst team in the league. Probably NFL. the worst team in the league, right. Now the Jaguars are interesting this year though because they have a brand new situation there, right? So you've yeah, got Urban but they still coming in. are the worst team in the league. <laughs> I don't care who coming in, Lindsay. You still are the worst team in the league. So, so if you were a quarterback in this year's draft, where would you want to go? Uh, I would want to go to Washington. Mm. I would want to go to Denver just because they already got great defense building up with Denver. don't have a great defense. Washington's had a really good defense last year. Denver was kind of, you know, middle of the pack. They came on, they went off, they came on, but they bring Vaughn back. They bring some corners in there. Like, you know, they got, they got, might add Parsons to that middle, you know? So I feel like they got a, a, a defense who could win games in the playoffs. Washington got a defense who could win games in the playoffs. So I would want to go somewhere like that. A cool O-line, really good defense, and and let me come in and show what I got. I could take the offense to the next level. So if a quarterback falls to nine, Lance, Fields, mm-hmm. Jones, I guess, if uh, San Francisco goes in a different direction. Right. Do you see them going with a quarterback in that scenario? Yeah, I think they have to, man. If if one of them top five guys is there, I think they have to. Uh, only other guy I could see is Parsons. I'll go Parsons. If 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 one of my five quarterbacks there, I'll probably try one of them because, I mean, I, I got to at this point. Do you stay where you are or do you try to move up? If it's Mac Jones, I probably don't try to move up. If it's, if it's Justin Fields... Because the Niners went Mac Jones, then I try to move up to get him. So, are you looking forward to this broadcasting experience? It's I am. Been it's fun be following fun. your broadcast career. I love you Man, as a broadcaster. I'm a big fan. It's been it's been fun for me, Lindsay. Just staying the fan. Really, I was an ultimate football fan. Then I finally couldn't like the Cowboys no more because I got my own team. Right, I play for the Bucks now. It's weird, right? Like I'm grew up, I'm in love with the Cowboys, and now I can't even like them no more. So I was like the ultimate fan. Then once I got to the league, now I can't really be a fan, but now I'm this is my business. So I still know everything about my business. So now once I retire, I just turn back to a fan. I can't take my TV off NFL networks. I miss Lindsay on NFL Network, you know, but I mean it's it's ESPN, NFL Network. I'm a fan of it. So I just watch and I just I love it. So I'm glad I could I get to do the media, keep me around the game, keep it keep football on my mind and make me have to study, have to watch it. So I love it. How how'd you uh how'd you enjoy calling games last year? It was fun. It was fun. It was it was about I say playing, that's the closest you're gonna get to playing. Coaching may be second, 
But in, up there in that booth, you kind of on the edge of your seat and you kind of the voice of the game. So it give you that rush that you that we get in the game. We get a, a little piece of that rush up in that booth. So I enjoy it. Did you feel like you were back where you were before in terms of scouting? Like, did you have to watch as much tape? Did you, oh, yeah. how did you prepare? I had to watch probably even more tape because now I got to know they defense as before. I don't, I don't watch our defense. I watch our defense on Sunday, watch y'all go against our offense. But now I got to know schemes on defense, little schemes on offense, both special teams. So it's definitely more work, more film watching. I, I kind of retired because I was burnt out. I was tired of that. But look at me now, Lindsay. I'm right back to it. You were tired of what? Watching tape? Yes, I was tired of just the mental grind. It's, the mental grind is hard as the physical grind in, in, in NFL. So my mental grind, I just was burnt out, man. I'm like, man, I'm in this basement watching this iPad too much, right? I'm ready to go upstairs. I hear them, my kids having fun upstairs. And I'm like, man, I'm just down here for overtime watching this iPad. I kind of was just burnt out from football, period, right? So call myself going to take a break and I'm right back at it. Did you get enough of a break? Is it enough different that you feel like you're reinvigorated when it comes to watching that tape? Does it feel different? Yeah, cuz it's kind of it's kind of on my own time now. So, you know, I could spend my whole day with the kids and when everybody go to sleep at 10, now I can go get in the lab and stay up to 3 and I don't got to wake up at 7 and go to work, right? So, my clock is different. It's on kind of my own schedule, so that's what I enjoyed about it. So that first game that you called was what, Washington, Detroit? Yep, Washington and Detroit, and then uh, the Eagles, Cardinals. Cardinals, Eagles, Cardinals. Yeah. So what do you remember most about that Washington, Detroit game? Uh, it was a nail biter, super good game. I think both of the games I went to uh, was super good games. Came down to the last series, and uh, I just remember it was a blowout at first. I think Detroit was whooping on them at first. Washington came back and the whole time, they made one play in the game, and I was like, man, that's a crucial play time. If Washington go get some points here, we might have a game. They went and got points, and I'm like, oh, here we go. It was kind of like I seen the whole thing. I, I never probably watched another NFL football game that close, right? So it just made – I left out that booth like, man, I'm down. I, I fucking love football. I just left out of there just loving the game so much, so so entertaining. That was the DeAndre Swift breakout where they finally used him the way yep. that a lot of us were like – they probably had like 20 up. carries that game. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, were you nervous beforehand? Did it feel super nervous? Yeah. Yeah, I was super nervous. Uh it's live, so you know it's you live. So <laughs> it's just like it's almost like playing. Like I said, it's the closest you can get to playing, besides coaching, it's the closest you can get to playing. So I was super nervous, especially the first game, the first quarter. I was trying to find windows to talk. I didn't really know what I had to get the feel of it first, right? So Second game, I was better, but super nervous that first game. It's, did you get any advice before you called the game from people who had called games before? Or were people talking to you about, here's how you should handle it? And Yeah, I got some advice. I, I, I worked with uh, Jerry Madeline for a uh -huh. little while before before I went on. I worked with him a couple He's times. He's like a talent before. coach consultant. Yeah, yeah, so he kind of gave me right what what do, definitely do not say this shit here on TV. And you know what I'm saying? If you're trying to say this, you might want to use these words. So Jerry kind of coaching me up like that. But for real, Lindsay, it's like a coach coaching you up in football, man. You 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 just got to get out there yeah. and, and stumble a little bit and you would pick it up. But the pointers is going to help you. It's going to point you in the right direction. But you got to go. You got to go through it. 
I could see you getting advice too that wouldn't work for you. Like I, I think you – the thing for you as a broadcaster that I've always been drawn to is that you are so specifically unapologetically you. Like I right. love that. I love that you sound different from other broadcasters. Right. I love that you bring something different to the table and I would worry about people trying to clean that up too much. And I know right. there's probably part of the audience, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter too, that wants mm-hmm. that cleaned up. But I also, I, 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 I personally would, you know, say don't. Because I, I think that it's what makes you different. Yeah, if uh, if I tried to get on there and, and like talk super proper or something, Lindsay, I, I, I'll probably really fuck it up then, right? Because I, I mean, it's, you're so on the spot, right? It's like I can't even stop saying, "Uh, man, I'm so on the spot." Uh, let me see. I'm you. It's it's like it's fast too. It's I never been through a football game that go that fast. So, however you, I feel like however you naturally talk, however you natu- naturally have a conversation, that's what's gonna come out in that booth. You you can't really put on the show in there because it's too much going on. Yeah. If you like what we want as a viewer is to feel like we are a fly on the wall listening to you talk to your boys as you watch the game with the observations that you're making, which are clearly different and informed from a different experience than Mm. we have. So, you know, I I think in order to do that, you need to be as comfortable as possible, just kind of feeling like that's exactly what you're doing. Exactly. That's that's kind of what Jerry told me, man. He just was, you know, just you and whoever whoever calling the game with you. You 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 got a, a group of people listening to y'all call the game. They trying to learn and be entertained at the same time. So just be entertaining and teach them. And when you teach them, don't talk to them like they pros. Talk to them like they have no idea what's going on in football. So that was good advice that I got from Jerry. And I kind of just try to. That's that's the. That's the advice that I use. Let me not be too detailed and let me not be too uptight. Let me just relax and have a little fun. Yeah. I feel like there's a middle ground there, though, too. Because you don't want to be condescending to the audience because a lot of the people do know what you're talking about. So it's almost like go into the detail and then come back and explain. For people who don't understand what I'm talking about, you know, use a specific example and then go, that means this, you know? Right. Right. I try to just keep it super simple. Regular terms, man. If you're watching a game, you probably know a little bit. So I don't be, like you said, I don't be so simple. Like, okay, he's going to run. Everybody's going to run straight. I still might say all go or seams or something, you know. Yes. But I just try not to be too crazy with it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Keith. And now you're doing two podcasts? Two podcasts. I got a call to the booth. And uh, that's on anywhere, basically, you you could listen to your podcast at, and also on youtube if you want to watch and then we got catching fades which is on uh the volume podcast network with uh colin coward what, what's the difference between the two why you got uh, two well, i can catching, hardly keep up with one well on catching fades i'm more i'm more just get my takes of the week early and then it's more it's more like evergreen interviews with guys you know mm. players former players active players it's more interviews and we're called to the booth we kind of we do more like betting stuff, fantasy kind of betting stuff. And then we also do like the current topics and stuff. So it work out. I'll make it work. And then you're uh, busy being a dad too. I saw your daughter doing a little acting. Definitely. She does acting and dance and uh, she busy too. But now she lives in Dallas with me. She's not as busy as she was when she lived in Orange County with her mother. But uh, now she's in the sports. She's volleyball and track. And uh, she, still, she still get a bunch of auditions and stuff. So 
She's probably the busiest one in our house, actually. And oh, really? uh, yeah, my son played football. The boys playing football. I'm coaching 18s, man, and uh, and handling this gym out here in Dallas. So I'm staying busy. I'm staying busy, Liz. Are you making corners out of them, or what positions are we looking at here? Uh, he loved corner. I think he probably in, at the end of the day he gonna be a corner because I mean. He he wanted the running backs now too on offense, but you know I just could see it in him. He excited when defense come on offense. It's cool. He scored touchdowns and everything though, but he just see at running back it's five guys on a team. They all want to can I get a carry? Can I? On cornerback nobody don't want to do it right. So I be telling them see, you know what I'm saying, if you're trying to make it to a certain level, why would you take the hardest route to get to like just you know what I'm saying this corner is hard position, but nobody don't want to play it. So it's it make it easier. It's less competition. Plus, yo, nobody wants to pay the running backs. Exactly. He definitely don't want to pay running back. He really like a slot receiver. He get like the jet the jet sweeps and stuff like that. So Whoa. he like slot receiver. He like cornerback. But at the end of the day, I think cornerback would be what it is. So because there's two different ways I feel like that uh, a pro's kid could go in in this mm-hmm. department. They could specifically not want to do the thing that dad did because right? mm-hmm. it's too many comparisons or like take advantage of the right. wealth of knowledge and coaching exactly. that you have available to you. And I, and I think he, I think he going that path cause he asked so many questions. He had come show me something. I've had, hey, how did this? He asked me something. I'm like, see, nah, we had a, we had cover two on, or we had a, a, a cover five, two man. So I didn't even have them deep. That's why I'm so slow right here. He'd be like, Oh, I knew it was something. Cause you like at five yards. And you know I'm saying he asks all kinds of questions, man. He take great angles. You know how to undercut man. He, he got great angles like his dad. That's angles is super important in football, but he got great angles like his dad. He used them on offense to cut and stuff. Yeah, you know them angles. You learn them angles early, you're in good shape. Is this the 15-year-old we're talking about? No, this is the 7-year-old. Oh, God. Now I feel behind. Oh, here's the, this is the 7-year-old, Lindsay. He's the okay, truth. shoot. All right. I got to get to work with my 7-year-old, My 15-year-old, that's my stepson. He in the music, though. He he is the music head. He the, he the team who... You won't even know he's home for four days. You got to go in the room and check on him. Hey, boys, you good in here? I think that's every teen. Uh, no, nah, see, my girl, though, she downstairs. She come in my room. And, uh, Fabo, he just straight music. He don't have to take his headphones off and tend to you. But he's straight music. So hopefully something come out of that. On the devices. I have a seven-year-old, too. And I feel like lately when I, you know, pass by and he's on, like, YouTube or whatever, and I'll catch him watching um, football highlights. And I feel this, yeah. like – you know, swelling uh, pride. I'm like, yeah, he's growing. You're gonna like the same things. You know? Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's okay. up. Okay. Well, good luck with your draft coverage for Bleacher Report. Everybody go check out the podcasts. Follow Akeeb on Twitter and Instagram and all, all of those that good, good stuff. things. Yeah. Thank this you, been Lindsay. Fun. Thank you so much for doing this. No problem. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. And I'll see you back here again on Tuesday. Got a really great guest lined up who knows so much about this year's draft class. And I cannot wait to pick his brain about the guys at the top. Maybe a sleeper or two. Should be fun. We'll see you then.